Hello and welcome to Compass Chronicles, where we talk about a lot of different topics that you and I and so many others are facing uh, as we move forward on our own personal journeys and in our towns and cities and states and all over the country. Um, Today's topic is about rebuilding family. And I'm actually inspired by this because I've been sort of down the rabbit hole watching a lot of Holocaust survivor stories and interviews and um, even the individuals who were young children at the time are now getting on in years. And so they're, um, you know, trying to capture as many interviews as possible, uh, you know, which is kind of sad because as the youngest of them are getting older and dying the stories are few and far between. Uh, And I think it's really important that we learn from history so that we don't repeat it to fully understand what was happening and what led up to such a thing happening. Uh, It wasn't overnight and it took time and strategy and lots of indoctrination and brainwashing and influence and fear and all kinds of stuff that you and I have just gotten a glimpse of that in the last 15 months. And many people were wondering how what we went through could have happened and how we got to where we are and how, you know, of course, with social media and everything else, it's just in mainstream media, it happens so much faster, um, you know, in, in months as opposed to what took decades uh, back in the early, you know, 1900s. But I'm listening to this one woman, um, and her name is Tova Friedman, and she's talking about sort of after the war now, what they experienced. And, um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, okay, well, they were freed, and, you know, and then the rest is history. Uh, But, you know, it took a while for families to sort of piece together and find out who was still alive and um, to kind of, you know, make their way to Israel or the United States or to another country um, that wasn't destroyed by the war and sort of, you know, rebuild businesses and things like that. They had to start with nothing. Um, And she said at one point she was um, moved to a deportation camp uh, she was originally from Poland, and then um, the Russians liberated the concentration concentration camp where she was. But then the same Russians took over Poland and, um, you know, turned it into a communist situation where, you know, they couldn't even leave Poland. So they had to sneak out of Poland and then move to Germany and Berlin, of all places, and then find their way with the American Red Cross and and make their way to the United States. And she said, the interesting thing was in the deportation camps, there were like a thousand babies born every month. Uh, And they were there for a while, you know, obviously. So she said there were constantly just babies being born after the war. Uh, And she said, you know, it would be like a situation where a woman lost her husband and her children in the war and 
a man lost his wife in the war and, you know, they've both been through horrific things and all of a sudden, you know, they recognize each other and it's like, oh, I saw you once at a bakery in our village, you know, in our own country. Um, but, you know, you've been through a lot and I've been through a lot. And so they latch on to each other. And she said, you know, it, it was just a, you know, a sense of security and comfort and familiarity that you just, you latch on to the, to one person that you only saw one time. Like, you know, it wasn't even like, you know, I'm sure, you know, there was some dating or courtship afterwards, but, you know, basically it was just like, we're from the same place. We speak the same language. We know each other's pain and we connect. And she said they would get married and they would have babies and just babies, you know, um, nobody was waiting to have babies. Obviously there were some health issues and things like that, but as people healed from everything that they had gone through and illnesses and things like that, um, they started to, you know, build families because, and some women, it took a while for them to be able to have babies. Some of them never were able to have babies after the war because of everything their body had gone through. So, but the thing that was interesting for me is that I see the similarity in what happens to men and women after divorce. And even when they are in when men and women are in the process of separation and divorce, what happens? They want to date very quickly. They get lonely. Men in particular tend to start dating uh, and get serious with a new woman a lot sooner than the woman does. He also has more time typically to be able to date um, and maybe, you know, has a little more financial, you know, ability to date and to travel and to have some free time. Whereas the woman, if she has primary custody of the kids, you know, there's a babysitting issue, who's going to watch the kids, you know, that kind of thing. So she's um, a little bit more tied to home. But the wanting is still there, you know, both men and women, they feel lonely, they're used to having somebody there to talk to the companionship, sex, you know, just, (coughs) excuse me, being able to go out to dinner, that kind of thing. Um, and what's normally what I do when I'm working with someone is obviously, you know, I err on the side of, um, you know, pulling back and and making sure that the kids are first priority, uh, especially during that transitional period. And also, um, you know, I'm a big believer in having friendships and companionship, uh, but not muddying the waters um, and creating additional um, ways that you're using your energy and your attention and your focus. Uh, What happens is, even though you know, we want to be with somebody else. Oftentimes our kids are young or they're, you know, going through a lot, the transition, uh, and they feel it in a different way than adults do. And they don't understand in the way that adults do. If adults are struggling, think about what the kids are going through. And they're also now dealing with visitation issues, challenges, that kind of thing. Well, mom has her place, dad has his place, but the kids are the ones that are going back and forth. And that's really unfair. Um, and the kids are the ones living out of backpacks and, 
you know, unsure of now dad has his rules and mom has hers and, you know, trying to understand all of that. So while mom and dad are sitting there going, oh, I'd love to start dating again, the kids are going through their thing, right? And so I always feel like it's very important to make sure that, you know, the kids come first and that they're secure uh, and they have time to adjust and the dust settles a little bit before you start thinking about dating. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't play around with, you know, dating sites and apps and, you know, put feelers out there with friends and family that you're looking. Um, hopefully, your divorce is already finished and finalized. Though these days, not everybody waits. But another reason why I say that is because when people are going through separation and divorce, it's all consuming um, financially, mentally, emotionally. So it is not fair to go through all of that and then also try and date someone and, you know, sort of start on a clean slate because you're still, you're going to want to talk about it. You're going to want to vent. You're going to be frustrated. It's a lot of baggage that's sort of up in your throat at that time. And so it's really hard to start a new relationship when you're still like, ah, but my ex did this. And oh, I can't believe he's pulling this crap because there's a lot of that during the whole beginning stages of, you know, separation and divorce. And even immediately after the divorce, it takes some time for things to kind of cool off and for everybody to find their groove. But I will also say this, sometimes we tend to latch onto someone because they're familiar, a friend, you know, somebody who had a crush on us when we were married and now they have an opportunity or someone that you, an old love, you know, an old flame that you had dated at some point and for whatever reason it didn't work out and now you you guys are both divorced and you want to hook up and see what happens. There's a lot of that that happens after divorce, but I always suggest this because it happens more times than you would think. It is important to kind of have your rebound relationship or relationships and have that companionship, have that affection, have that fun, have, you know, so that you can sort of answer those questions for yourself. Like, yeah, okay, now I know, all right, it did work or it didn't work out with this person for a reason. So I can now move on. Or, you know, this person is the complete opposite of my ex. Okay, great. But now I know what that's like too. And I want somebody somewhere in the middle, right? You're starting to learn what it is that you want again after so much time of being, you know, dating and marrying somebody else. So it's important to kind of go through a rebound or two to kind of get that out of your system and to learn to kind of get your toes wet and get back into the whole dating thing and figure out how it is that you, you know, what works for your schedule um, with the kids and that kind of thing. So that's important. But the biggest thing that I want to caution men and women on regarding rebuilding family is that in the midst of, of all of these thoughts and feelings and emotions, you're trying to rebuild something that's broken. And if both of you, for example, are divorced now and you both have kids, it's normal and common 
for two people to be like, you know what, let's just put your problems and my problems together and we'll come up with, you know, we'll, we'll fix it all. And oh, by the way, we're going to have a baby that's part of us. And doesn't take long for everything to sort of fall apart again because it wasn't a long lifetime match. It was something that you guys needed for this season of life. But you got married too quickly and then you decided you wanted to have a baby that was going to solidify this union, which never does. And now you're both on divorce number two. And now you guys have two different visitation schedules and two different alimony checks or two different child support checks and that kind of thing. Because now you have a child out of this union. And it happens all the time. It is normal for us to want to rebuild family. But it's also important for us to rebuild who we are as a parent on our own. And also to repair the damage that's been done to the family that's left. And that takes time. That takes time. Now, you know, the woman that I'm listening to, she's also talking about a different time period, Um, you know, in the 40s and 50s, where some of them, some people did get married. And then they, you know, the 50s and 60s and 70s, they started getting divorced too. (coughs) Excuse me. And it wasn't unheard of for people to get divorced. So that did happen. But for a lot of Jewish couples, they stayed together. But for how long? And in what condition? And these are two broken people who have lost their families, who have been through horrific experiences, who are mentally and physically still recovering and probably were recovering their entire lives until they died. And so we want inherently to be together as man and woman, to be a family, to have that sense of familiarity, comfort, security, to speak the same language or to understand each other, to share memories. It's another reason why people who have gone through you know, earthquakes or um, some kind of big, big disaster, um, they tend to connect together. There were a lot of couples that came out of, um, you know, after 9-11, you know, men and women met other men and women at, you know, events and functions and things like that and organization events and um, afterwards and they connected with other people that had understood and gone through what they'd gone through. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's important to realize and recognize that it is what it's supposed to be as an opportunity, um, you know, in God's timing and in God's will to, to connect you two together. And maybe that's, you know, that's a gift to both of you that after losing your spouses and being, you know, going through such difficult times that 
this is a gift to both of you, a blessing so that, you know, but in, in the right context and the way it is intended, not just because um, you want to latch on to someone in haste. That never ends well, right? Or that you're just rebounding on, you know, with somebody or, you know, you hop into bed and you get pregnant um, and this wasn't the right person. You didn't give it enough time to see the red flags or, or you know, everybody can hold themselves together for a short amount of time. And then all of a sudden you start to see someone's true colors or, or you start to get closer and realize, you know what, this isn't, this isn't a, f- a full package. This is somebody that's nice in this kind of scenario here and there, but this isn't someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And that's okay, but you need time to recognize that. So as we rebuild family again, for many it's important to take the time to prepare ourselves individually before we connect with someone else. As much as we want that companionship, affection, love, and everything combined. So I encourage you to remember this and think about that when you are in the beginning stages of thinking about dating. Um, and I have some exercises and some, some, um, you know, specific sessions that we go through uh, with my clients to help prepare for that. Uh, Not just physically, first impressions, body language, uh, and all of that, but also mentally, um, spiritually preparing for that. It's not a, okay, tomorrow I'm ready to start dating, and then you go out and you end up in bed with somebody. That is not the recipe for the kind of future that most of the people that I work with um, desire for themselves and for their families. So we want to, uh, rebuild with a good foundation, um, and a good system and good plans so that you can prosper as a family, as a new family. So I thank you for taking the time to listen to Compass Chronicles, where we talk about all sorts of great things, uh, cultural event, you know, topics and um, social topics and love and relationships and parenting and all sorts of good stuff. So thank you again. And I hope you catch me next time. Bye bye.